Thanks for tuning in to Gray Avenue Christian Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and points you closer to Jesus as you daily strive to seek Him in all that you do. May God bless you. We're going to be praying for Pastor Austin and his knee. I never knew painting was so detrimental to health. Let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, thank you for your word and that it never turns back void. In other words, it doesn't go into an empty space. It's not weightless. It's not minuscule. It's not fleeting. It's not temporary. It accomplishes a work, Lord. Thank you for your word. Your word is to be lifted above all things, Lord, to be honored, and your word glorifies you. Thank you that it's alive, that your Bible, Lord, is alive and sharper than any two-edged sword, that it knows how to, to speak to us, Lord, that it knows how to divide our thinking, that it knows how to go all the way down to the depths of our soul and communicate the truth of who you are and your love for us, God. Thank you that your word accomplishes such great things in our soul, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that even when Adam and Eve decided to choose a lie over you, God, Your son was already on his way to crush the head of Satan. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would have your way in our hearts and minds, God, that you would remove me, Father, from the equation that you would be seen and heard, Lord. I pray for everybody that's watching on the live stream now or even the recording later that you would minister by the power of your Holy Spirit, God. Lord, that you would take away the scales from the eyes and the hearts, Lord, of those who do not know you, that you would bring salvation to those that are crying out for you, Father God. Lord, that you would bring healing of mind and heart and soul, Lord. Thank you that you are the great I am, Jesus. Thank you that your gospel is the good news, the only good news that's been presented to this earth, Lord. Thank you that there is hope in you. Thank you for each and every person and the families that are represented here, Father, today. Praise you for your great and glorious work, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So when Austin said, hey, Brian, do you want to, you know, preach? I was like, yeah, of course. You know, I'll take any opportunity to share the gospel. God took my boldness as as a kid to be loud and crazy and talk all the time and decides to put me in front of people. And uh, then he said, you know, uh, the subject matter, I'll tell you what it is. So he took some time. I love this about him. I'll pray like, hey, you know, are you going to stay on subject with this or, you know, is there something else? Because I wasn't sure, you know, what we were going to do. And he wasn't either. And then he tells me, so the, the topic's going to be the great tribulation. And, I, you know, at first I was just like, oh, wow, okay. 
Thanks for such a simple subject. And uh, it was funny because he texted me last week and he said, so are you kind of, and we, we have these text messages, he'll always check in, like, you ready to go kind of thing. And I, and I text him, I think. <laughs> and he said, you think? And so, um, man, it's amazing how God wants to teach us and present to us the truth of who He is, what He is, and what His plan is for us and what His plan is for this earth and what His plan is for human beings on the earth. And we're going to take a look. I'm, I want you to jot this down. Um, I don't have any sermon notes on the screen or anything, but I would really, 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 really strongly encourage you to write this down and take time to read the Bible through these sections of Scripture. Um, the job of a preacher is not to walk out your walk with Jesus, okay? Jesus has a personal walk that He wants you to walk through with Him, and that comes through the reading of the Word, taking time, intentional time to spend with God in the Bible. And unless we spend time in the Bible, we don't really know what God says or what God's purpose is or what God's plan is or how to communicate that to other people or how to protect ourselves, actually, from what other people say about God because everyone has an opinion, right? So jot this down. Daniel chapter 9, and we're not going to read through all this today. Matthew chapter 24, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and Revelation chapter 6 through 18. Brian, I can't read all that. I've got Netflix I'm in the middle of watching. I can't read all that. I got a yard to take care of. I can't read all that. I got this and that. Well, don't make any excuses. Take some time each morning. And I mean morning. When you get up, grab a cup of coffee and say, Lord, thank you for this time that I get to sit with you. Teach me your word. Teach me what you want to say in here. God's word is plain and clear. God is not a confusing God. His Word is not confusing. There may be things that we don't fully understand. I'm not saying I, I am not the final authority on God's Word. Sometimes I feel like I'm the dumbest nail in the box of hammers, if that even makes sense. But I guarantee you that if you take time to read the Word of God, that He will speak His truth into your soul. And that's why when I pray that His Word never turns back void, the Bible will accomplish what God intends it to accomplish. And that's to tell you about who Jesus is and who God is and His great plan for you and His great plan for this world. And with that, we're going to talk about the great tribulation. What is tribulation? Well, in the Bible, the word tribulation is phlipsis means tribulation or affliction, afflictions, anguish, distress, persecution, tribulation, tribulations, and trouble. The great tribulation is not the tribulations and tests of our lives. The great tribulation is not Austin's knee hurting like crazy and pain meds not even taking the pain away. 
The great tribulation is not what we're experiencing right now with COVID. The great tribulation is not what we're experiencing economically. The great tribulation is not what we are experiencing in regards to our government or, or anything. The great tribulation is a time on this earth that will occur, and it will be like something that no one has ever experienced nor will experience until it happens. Jesus spoke about that. So there's a sequence of events. Today we're going to talk about the sequence of events that occur, not specifically the section of Revelation where it talks about the tribulation. I really encourage you to go to Revelation 6 or 18 and read it. Read about the Lord's working in the end times. You know, the Lord's working in the end times is full of grace and it's full of mercy. I love this. I was thinking about this, you know, during worship. That whenever there's God's judgment and wrath mingled with that is His grace. And you say, well, what does that mean, Brian? Well, I was thinking about all the way in Genesis. You have this perfect place, and Adam and Eve lived there, and God created this perfect place for them, and, 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 they, and they walked with God physically. They walked with Him. It wasn't something that we experience now. They, I believe fully that they walked physically with God. And then Eve, you know, listens to Satan, and Adam's right there and doesn't say anything because he's being a passive husband, and sin comes into the world. And God proclaims who, what's going to happen with Jesus and Satan in Genesis And then God even, He removes them from the place of perfection, but He clothes them with lambskin. See, Adam and Eve wanted to clothe themselves with sticky, nasty leaves. That's what we do with our sin. We cover it up and we think it's okay and God doesn't see anything. But even in the middle of that, God clothed them with, with this skin and, 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 it, and, it, and it was a foreshadowing of the sacrifice that Jesus made for you and me. That the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, His death, burial, and resurrection, the pure Lamb of God, is the only thing that covers and takes care of our sin. It's the only thing that's acceptable to do so. So the sequence of events, man, I was thinking, man, this, 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 there's God's judgment and wrath against sin, but then there's God's grace. You think of Noah and all the people no one worshiped God. They're all doing their own thing, marrying and having probably horrible things happening in their lives. They, they, they did not worship God. Noah's family is the only family, right? God gives them this vision. Everyone thought he was nuts. Rain never happened. He starts building this ark. It takes all this time. And he seals up every animal and Noah's family. And the ark is a picture of God's grace in the middle of horrible, 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 horrible situation where God even said that He was sorrowful that He made man. I love that about God. He, he has this heart. He has this personality, this relationship, this emotion towards us. He loves us. He doesn't send us out destitute to die. That's not His purpose for us or to be separated from Him for eternity because that is a reality for those who deny the truth of who Jesus is that He is God, that He is King of kings and Lord of lords, and absolutely the only one that can save us from hell 
and from our own sinful nature. See, in the middle of God's tribulation and judgment, there's grace. And today, this message is for us to know that God's tribulation is not for the church. God's Word says that He wills no one to perish but all to come to repentance through Jesus, through Him. He wants all the world to come to know Him. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. It was, it's an all-encompassing statement. Now, will mankind make their own decisions and choose their own way and, and tell God, forget you, I don't want to have anything to do with you and serve lust and, and money and sexual immorality and all the things that the world presents, just like when Satan was with Jesus on the, on the high wall and Satan presented to him the whole world? Because that's Satan owns that. He has authority to present that. But I love it. At the end of today, we're going to know that God wins. And anyone on God's team is on the winning team. So the sequence of events, there's this apostasy that occurs in 2 Thessalonians. I'm going to read these scriptures, okay? There's the church is caught up. Austin talked about Revelation. The Antichrist is revealed. And then there's this horrific defilement in the holiest of places. See, Jesus Christ spoke of the great tribulation in Matthew 24, and we're going to look at that. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul wrote to the church of Thessalonica about the great tribulation. In Revelation chapter 6 through 18, it gives detail of what's going to happen during that timeline. And we see in the book of Daniel chapter 9 verse 27, when the angel Gabriel comes to Daniel and he shares with him about the abominations, the abomination that brings desolation. So, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. Now, what does this all mean? Well, it's important to understand that when in Daniel it talks about a week, it means seven-year period. So what it's saying is that there's, a seven, there's seven years that he's talking about here where it says, then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. So it's talking about he being the Antichrist. The Antichrist is going to make a covenant with the world at the time. He's going to make a covenant with God's people. He's, he's going to create this situation to where the temple is rebuilt. He's going to look as if he is the most powerful person and being on earth, and he will be worshiped as God. It's possible that he makes this promise of a peace treaty for the world to marvel at, and in the middle of this seven years, he brings an end to the temple sacrifices and offerings in the place, I'm sorry, in places, it could be himself or some other kind of idol in the holy place. This is the temple of God in Jerusalem. So we know that the temple was destroyed, right, in 70 AD through the Roman Empire, absolutely destroyed the temple, has never existed. It doesn't exist now. The Dome of the Rock is there. There's a big dispute of where the Temple Mount actually is. 
if you want to really take an eye and see, oh, it's possible, man, that the end time's coming soon, keep an eye on the dome of the rock and the temple mount. But there's some things that have to occur before any of that happens. So, back in Daniel, you know, there's going to be this, this, this three-and-a-half-year period of, of this great, amazing season that, that this person brings to the world, and, and then he's going to set himself up after three-and-a-half years as a deity. And the desolation of the inhabitants of those that are left on earth. There's a con- I'm sorry, I got mixed up here. And that's what the abomination is. It's him setting himself up there or some other deity besides God. So in Matthew 24, 14 through 21, Jesus is speaking, and he says this, starting in verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So the gospel of the kingdom of God will be preached to the whole world in this age that we live in, which is the age of the church. The age of God's people, of Israel, of Jerusalem, that ended when Jesus ascended into heaven. When Pentecost happened, the age of the church occurred. It started the day of Pentecost, and that's the age that we're in if you want to look at the biblical timeline of what age we're in. So until the last person comes to know Jesus Christ, then the church will be raptured away. And in the last seven years during the Great Tribulation, those that turn to Jesus Christ and repent will be received by Jesus into His glorious millennium. So, I want you to understand something. As believers, we are not destined for the wrath of God. It's not His purpose for us. We won't be here for the great tribulation. There will be people, though, that denied Christ and that in that timeline, they, they repent. If you read through Revelation, it talks about folks that, that end up repenting. Jesus continues in verse 15 and says this, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet, which I had just read, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes." But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, nor ever shall be. So there's a specific happening in the world that we have never happened. That's why you see in Scripture, wars and rumors of wars and and all these different things and pestilences. Yes, we're going to have trials and and tribulations, but it's not the great tribulation. And you may say, well, Brian, what what do you you mean by the church won't be here for that? And I'll get into that here. 
So we read in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. Oh, wait, let me back up. So in this section that Jesus is speaking in Matthew, He's giving such a great description. In other words, when this happens, you don't take time to pack nothing. You have no time to save your life. You need to run. Run like you've never run before. Don't take your dog. Don't take your pictures. Don't take your cloak. Don't take anything. If you're a nursing mother, it'll be difficult because you have to attend to your baby. If it's in the the season of the Sabbath, it might be difficult because you're under the constraints of actually traveling. Remember who Jesus was speaking to at the time. The Sabbath was a thing back then. If it's in winter, it'll be difficult too. And what's going to happen? No one on earth has ever, 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 ever experienced nor will until this happens. Let me encourage you that we're not in the great tribulation. Let me encourage you that there is time now in our lives as a Christian to share the gospel with those around you. God's hand is on the church for the church to propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not my job to minister to those that you know. It's not my job to minister to those that you know. It's not my job to minister to those that you know online. That's not my job. It's not the preacher's job to preach the gospel to all the earth. God mandates the church and empowers the body of Christ to be His physical representatives to the world, and that's the reason you're in a church. Do you know Jesus today? If you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and you know for a fact that you are saved, God has given you a purpose to share the gospel with those that you know. That's why Jesus said that you're going to do greater things than I could ever do because Jesus' physical body was limited. Think about the world and the body of Christ, and it's everywhere. It's permeated, and under persecution it grows, and and under death people preach Jesus. And you look at the martyrs that were burned alive, that were dipped in oil, that were crucified upside down, some of the disciples. Did the gospel stop? No, it did not. Can I get an amen? Because if it stopped then, I would be in destitution. I would be gone. All of us would not have any hope. So where is the power of the gospel hidden? In the will of God. It's in God's will for the gospel to go forth. It's in Him that salvation is available. It's in Him that people are saved. It's in Him that He holds the church the people of God, not the building. You know, one time when I was youth pastoring at Venture Church, and I remember I told the, the, the kids, you know, God could burn this building down and it wouldn't matter. And they're like, oh. Of course, teenagers, I don't think, get the concept. They probably think, fire, why are you saying that? Our buildings are irrelevant. Our systems are irrelevant. Our concepts of God need to die. God needs to build the truth of who He is so that we can stand in a season when we're under persecution. But I digress. 
So Paul writes to the Thessalonians. And I want you to understand this. He writes this section. This is 2 Thessalonians, so it's his second letter to this church. And, and, and they're starting to adhere to themselves maybe some false thinking about that the tribulation has already happened because they were under great persecution at this time. So Paul, being the good pastor and the good leader, says, hey, what you're doing or thinking is wrong, and so he corrects them, and we find some insight into the great tribulation here in 2 Thessalonians. Verse 1, chapter 2, verse… 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 1. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come, the day of Christ being the return of Jesus, the second coming, the great tribulation, and that whole season. Verse 3, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. I want you to understand this. This is what I believe God wants to speak today, that there's some things that have to happen before the great tribulation happens. One, the apostasy of turning away of God's truth. We read in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, and I'm going to jump around a lot, so I apologize, but 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says this, now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times... And that's not saying the great tribulation, but in the latter times, in other words, times forward from here, some will depart from the faith. So there will be people that profess Christianity and turn their back to the Christian way and follow false gods. Paul, uh, the writer in Timothy continues to say this, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. What the heck? So there's this great apostasy that happens. Continuing verse 3, the other half of it, it says this, and the man of sin is revealed the son of perdition. So this is the Antichrist, the embodiment of Satan. There's a human being that Satan is going to possess, just like Judas Iscariot, right? We see that he's the son of perdition, right? We see that reference there. Was Judas Iscariot possessed by Satan? Yes. So the Antichrist is going to have these powers and this greatness and this deception, and people are going to think he's God. Verse 4 continues to say this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, who opposes and exalts himself, and this is talking about the character of the son of perdition, which is the Antichrist, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. This is when the end of the three and a half years happens and the last three and a half years of prior to uh, Christ's coming back that he lifts himself as God in the holy place, which is the temple that is not built yet. This is a physical place. I didn't put numbers on my notes and the pages, so hopefully I don't get distracted. So the last, like I said, the last three and a half years, this is the great tribulation where the Antichrist will desecrate the holy place, the temple of God in Jerusalem. This is the, the abomination that brings desolation. And that's where you go to Revelation chapter 6 and you start reading about God pouring out His wrath and His judgment upon the earth. But I love this. Paul's like telling the, Thessalon the Thessalonians, look, this isn't happening yet. Don't be deceived. There's some things that need to occur. 
Verse 5, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? So he's reminding them. It's good that we remind each other about God's Word. We remind each other about the Word of God. We spur each other on in the good things of the Lord. And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. So there was this restraining of the Antichrist until a certain time. That's what Paul was talking about. Verse 7, for the mystery of lawlessness, and we'll get into what the restraining is. Verse 7, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. So Paul was saying, hey, you know, lawlessness is kind of, it's birthing, it's happening. In other words, it's not in its full capacity of what is going to happen. We're experiencing that now, lawlessness and more lawlessness, but it's not to the extent of the tribulation. Second part of verse 7, only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Now, wait a minute. Who is he and who is he? Only he who restrains. Well, who's that talking about? Will do so until he is taken out of the way. So, only he who restrains. This is very, very, very important as believers for us to understand this. You know, I've heard the Scripture, you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And, um, you know, uh, I've always been excited, you know, that I'm saved from myself. Okay, I'm saved. I, I'm an ex-drug addict, alcoholic. Um, I had my first DUI before I was 21, my second one when I was 23, okay? A good day for me back then was being drunk by 11 a.m. A good day for me between 16 and 21 years old was being high on any kind of drug I could get my hands on. My parents didn't know whether the ambulance would show up at the house or a cop would. That was my lifestyle. That was me in my flesh running from God. I was saved at five years old. Don't, you can, you know, question, well, maybe you weren't saved. No, I was saved because the Holy Spirit would enter into my gross, dark world and tell me, Brian, what are you doing? See, God circumvents us. God circumvents COVID. God circumvents the government. He is the authority above all authorities, the King of kings, and, and even the demonic realm is under His authority. You can go and read that in the account of the man that was filled with legion, was thrown on the ground, and all the demons in him proclaimed that Jesus is Lord. Not worshiping him, but proclaiming the deity and the authority that Jesus was before Jesus even spoke to them. So God has power to save. Now, why has he saved us? And check this out. So back in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. So the Holy Spirit is the restrainer. He dwells in the believer, and the church is made up of believers in Jesus Christ. For the Antichrist to come, the Holy Spirit needs to be removed from the earth. Now, that poses a question. Does this end the ministry of the Holy Spirit? No. The Holy Spirit was upon people in the Old Testament up until Pentecost. 
You weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. See, today, as a believer, if you make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you confess Him as God, you invite Him into your heart through prayer, you believe that He died on the cross, was buried, rose again three days later, and you know that you need to be saved through Him because it's only through Jesus Christ alone that we can get to heaven, then the Holy Spirit enters into you, and you're saved. But back then, it wasn't. So we read in 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen? He who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19, or do you not know that your body is the temple of what? Of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. So there is a purpose for you, and God has a purpose for you today. Austin, you're standing. Am I limited on time? A few minutes, okay. Just throw something at me. See, when Austin said you had 30 minutes to do this, and I was reading through all the Scripture and everything, I'm like, how is how's this going to happen? But I want to encourage you today that the great tribulation that occurs in the end times is not for you and it's not for me. It's for those who have never made a decision for Jesus and after the church is raptured. See, there's a picture of God's grace. And it's to destroy the Antichrist and it's to throw Satan and his demons and the Antichrist into the pit of hell and the lake of fire forever. And it's to usher in His millennium, His thousand-year reign with us. See, Jesus has a plan for you and for me. And until the church is removed, God is still saying, there's people you know that need to know about me. And that's why we're still here. See, we are the salt and the light. Matthew chapter 5, 13 through 16 says this. Actually, 13, yeah. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven." Maybe today you don't know the Lord. Maybe you're watching online and you've never made a decision for Jesus Christ. Maybe you go through this and you're like, Brian, I'm freaking out here, you know, this end times thing, and what do you mean we're going to be caught away? Well, let me tell you this, that if you want to be secure in knowing that you're not going to be part of the tribulation and that you will be with Jesus forever, today's a day of salvation. See, there's a couple of things we need to recognize. We need to recognize our need, and we need to recognize who can satisfy that need. And the one who can satisfy that need is Jesus Christ. If you want to make a decision for the Lord today and you're online, man, text in the news feed. I want to know God. I want to be saved. 
Somebody will reach out to you and, 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 and share with you and pray with you. If, if today you, you don't know the Lord and you're here physically, um, come and talk with Austin or, or Ian or myself or, or any of the other men that are in, in, in leadership here. You know, God has a purpose and a plan for you, and it's great. We aren't destined for his great tribulation. God is so faithful. God's word says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Jesus wants to save us all. His purpose for you is to be with him for eternity in heaven. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your love and your grace, Lord, and Thank you that your word never turns back void. And, and Lord, I pray that whatever was spoken, Lord, is not of you, take it away, Lord. And whatever's of you, you would keep it, Lord. And, and I pray, Lord, for those who are listening or here, Lord, that you would draw people unto you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are full of grace and mercy, that you have a plan. Lord, I pray that you would give us opportunity to share who you are with people, Lord. With every eye closed and, and, and head bowed, I'm going to ask a question. And if you're at home, do the same, please. You know, I, I know it can be distracting being online, but if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life today, today's the day. And just lift up your hand. See, it starts with a decision. It starts with a choice. If you've never made a decision to make God, make Jesus the Lord of your life, raise your hand. I don't know if there's any of you online who have, but I'm going to pray right now. Just follow this simple prayer. You know, salvation isn't just some magical thing that happens through prayer only. There's a commitment that God wants from your heart. That you inside your soul of souls know that you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. That you want to turn away. That word repent means to turn from where you were. To make a U-turn. To change your thinking. To a change of mind pertaining to your old sinful way and turning to God. So if that's you, then, then, then please join me in this prayer. Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. I confess that I need you. Lord, I've done things that are shameful and I, I don't even know how to speak of them and, and, and I'm full of fear and I'm full of things that I, I don't even know how to deal with and, 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 but I want to be saved and will you please save me? Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross I believe that you were buried. I believe that you rose again three days later. I believe that you are the only way to heaven. Will you please enter into my life and make me new? Please, God, will you do that for me? I want to be saved. I want to be in heaven. I want to see you face to face. I want your peace. 
I trust you, Jesus, with my life. This day I turn from my sinful ways and I turn to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer and you're online and, 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 and it's the first time you've ever done that, please reach out to somebody here at Gray Avenue Christian Church. Reach out to another church. Maybe you're visiting or whatnot and, and get plugged in. If you don't have a Bible, post in the comments, I need a Bible. We'll get a Bible to you. But be encouraged. The great tribulation is set aside, not for you. God bless you guys. Have a great week. our God.
May that be your prayer this week. We have a great God. Amen. Just remember, we have a God we can reach out to and pray to anytime we're going through our tribulations, uh, personal or, or no matter who's around us going through tribulations. I pray, Lord, thank you so much again for bringing us together uh, as your church family. I pray that you use us all in this room as your instruments as we go out into this week, into this world uh, during all of this time. Uh, use us, Father. Not that we are lifted up, but that your name be lifted up high and, and glorified for all the world to see. Because you are where the glory is due. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Have a blessed week, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us on our weekly sermon podcast. We pray that this message encouraged you, comforted you, and pointed you closer to Jesus. If you need prayer or if you need a place to fellowship, visit us on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You can also visit our website at www.grayabcc.org. Have a blessed week.